Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jake Okorowski. We got John McNamara here coming up in just a little bit. 2020 walk-on commit Sean Timmis from the Milwaukee area talks about his decision to walk on to Wisconsin compared to, you know, taking one of the 24 offers he had uh, already. And we'll talk with him about that along with his season coming up, especially Marquette Muskego week one. Uh, we'll have that uh, talk and, you know, we'll talk with him more about that. But first we're getting close, John, to the football season. I mean, just over a week and a half away from big 10 media days and Lord knows fall camps just around the corner and here to join us to help us talk some position previews. We're starting that today, this week, we're talking quarterbacks and safeties, but you know, we'll talk some signal callers first. We've got Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin state journal. Jason, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jake. How are you guys doing real well, Jason? Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. But then I was going to say, Jason, real quick with everything going on. I mean, um, you know, first off, you know, let, let's get right into the quarterbacks. Let's talk. Obviously, you were there for, you know, for all the practices that were open to the media, the eight of the 15 uh, in the spring, uh, which was basically all, you know, April. Um, you have obviously four quarterbacks, Jack Cohn, Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf, Danny Vandenboom, all had their ups and downs, I think. I think Jack Cohn probably had the best day you know best he capped off his spring with the, the, a great performance uh you know on that friday on that april 26th practice um but you know the big question let's let's hit it off first we're gonna hit you with a hard one who fights for the reps in fall camp after their spring football performance you know i'm gonna go with with conan mertz um you know i think obviously jack Cohn is is a leader coming out of the spring um he took pretty much all the first team reps throughout spring practice so you have to call him a leader right now uh but i think graham Mertz showed showed that he can make every throw in spring i thought he was he was getting a lot more reps than than you typically see from an early enrollee and he was getting pretty even reps with with van and boom and and wolf and i just think that from a talent perspective uh he's kind of um maybe a cut above the other two uh now he's now obviously as an early enrollee he had a long way to go in terms of learning the playbook learning the signals um, it was really just sort of a learning experience for him. The spring was so if he was able to kind of get the mental side of the game down a little bit more over the summer, I think he's got a pretty good shot to to kind of be that that guy to challenge Cohen. I, I know a lot of people might, uh, I've heard some people saying it's going to be Cohen and Wolf, but uh, you know I, I think I, I think I think all four quarterbacks really had their had their moments during spring practice. This is probably the deepest quarterback room at Wisconsin that that I can remember. Uh, but I think just just from 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 a talent pure talent perspective, I do think uh, Merce maybe has the best chance to challenge Cone. And um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to try to get three guys a whole lot of reps. I think it's really going to come down to two. Uh, it will be really interesting to see when, when when practice starts, though, how those are divided and and who is in that mix. But I, right now, I think Merce is probably the most likely to to be in there with Cone. Yeah, and like I think what you said, Jason, which is important, is how are those reps going to be divided and how early will that take place? Um, you know, you would expect Cone to enter uh, fall camp as, you know, the penciled in number one quarterback, but um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how those reps are going to be divided because you know, you're going to get to a point where you have to start, you know, giving your starter the bulk of the reps and, you know, the, the backup, you know, his, his set of reps and, you know, how early do you think that that might, you know, occur during fall camp? 
I think we're going to know early on. Uh, you know, the, the, the problem right now is I, I don't think uh, we really know where they stand coming out of the spring. Uh, you know, I think Jack Cohn was the guy with the only guy with really any experience. So they gave him, uh, you know, a lot of those first team reps and most of the work. And the other three guys were young guys who didn't have a whole lot of experience who, uh, you know, obviously were getting kind of equal reps and, and they were kind of look, get, trying to get a good look at all three of those guys. But I think maybe from day one of fall, we're going to kind of know a little bit a little bit more where they stand with these guys because I don't think they want to waste any time. Um, you know, get, get, if they know one of these four guys or two of these four guys are not going to be the starter, I don't think they want to waste any time uh, in August, uh, you know, a few weeks away from the season, uh, messing around with trying to get too many people reps. So I, I think I think we're going to know pretty early on here in the first uh, first week of fall camp kind of where they stand. Now, that things can change after the first day, obviously. Um, you know, those reps can move around. Um, obviously there could be competitions won and lost, but, but I think we're going to have a better picture really early on, on, on where, where the coaching staff sees these guys and, and who's really going to have a real chance to turn the starting job. Well, I was just going to talk about the, the tweet that, uh, that you had you know, a week or two ago, um, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, you got a chance to talk with him and he said the top two quarterbacks or something to that effect. And then Jake, I think even Daniel Jackson said that when we talked, he, referred to Graham Mertz as the backup quarterback or something right after his official visit, you know, would you, I think all indications are that, you know, the buzz maybe around the program or what's going inside the locker room is, is Cone is number one and Mertz is number two. Would, you know, would you think that speculation is pretty fair? You know, that would be what I predict right now. Um, obviously they, they didn't really give a clear indication that Mertz was the number two guy heading out of spring. Cause he was still getting, pretty equal reps with those other two guys. But I just think from what I saw, I do think he's probably, uh, you know, even coming out of spring, the second best guy. So I, I would have to think, you know, the Jonathan Taylor tweet you're mentioning, yeah, I was at the, uh, this golf outing at University Ridge, um, the Legends of Wisconsin Classic, and uh, Taylor was asked by sort of the, the participants in the event, there was this Q&A, and he was just asked who's going to start a quarterback kind of jokingly, and um, he basically went on this, sort of answer where he, he mentioned both quarterbacks uh, multiple times. And so I, you know, I, I guess that makes it seem like Jonathan Taylor thinks it's down to two guys when, uh, when they really had four guys getting reps coming out of the spring. But yeah, I, I do think Mertz is, is sort of in position to, to be that number two guy right now. And, and, and if, like I said before, I think he's probably got the best chance of, of, of the guys under cone to kind of challenge for that starting spot. And, and Jason too, with that, when it comes to, you know, just talking about Jack Cone, it, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier that last spring practice kind of maybe it was recency bias for me. I know we were on the, the, the camp uh, with Zach Heilprin on WOZN, uh, you know, back in the spring. And I know I kind of mentioned Cone. I thought he was my MVP because everyone else took my, all my other answers. You took AJ Taylor, uh, Jesse took Leo Chanel and, and Reggie Pearson. I was like, well, there's my mind in order, but you know, I thought Cone, you know, as a differentiating answer, I thought he, there, you talked to the other quarterbacks, you know, on that April 19th evening, talking about just one, you know, we'll talk about the kind of the bond in just a little bit. Just it sounds like the, the tight knit group, but they all praised Cone for just his leadership, uh, you know, being able to just bounce ideas off of him about reads, et cetera, talking about leadership and experience. Uh, I guess if, from your experience, from what you saw in, in those practices, I mean, I don't think he did anything to hurt his chances, but maybe now because of that recency bias, uh, you know, with that last practice, I thought he showed that he could drive the ball downfield. Uh, I guess maybe the question is with that type of offense and trying to help 
keep the defenses honest uh, and, you know, not trying to stack nine in the box with a you know new set of offensive linemen for Jonathan Taylor, you know, Taylor to run behind, I guess. I mean, do you feel Cone has that ability to lead the offense and to be able to, you know, throw that deep ball to Danny Davis or AJ Taylor or Kendrick Pryor? You know, I, I do think he has that ability. Uh, you know, I, I, I did disagree that he was, you know, he, he was in the running for, for spring MVP, but I, but I do think he, he had, he showed some really good things in the spring and I thought he had a, had a good few weeks. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at last season, he was kind of put in a pretty tough situation, kind of thrown in there in the middle of the season. Um, you know, he still hasn't started a game at Camp Randall stadium. They were all away from home um, outside of when he came in at, after halftime against Rutgers. Uh, and, you know, I, I just think that with a whole off season where he feels like he's the guy, even though maybe he's not, the starter yet and there could still be some guys to challenge him where he's got a whole offseason where he knows he's he's kind of the front runner to, to, to be the starter and he can really pre- prepare in that way I think it's going to help him a lot uh, you know obviously Paul Chris was really conservative with his play calling with Conan there last year and and I think maybe with with a little more time uh, they can work with him work with him a little bit more maybe, maybe that he can feel a little bit more comfortable opening up the offense and he can kind of give him that downfield passing threat because I, I I mean at some point you've got to you got to take those shots downfield to keep the defense honest and that was one of the big problems with Wisconsin's offense last year is um it, I mean and nobody was afraid of the passing game and uh I, I think Cohen has the ability to have a better season this year than than what he showed in, the, in his few starts last year and I I think he's having at least at least in the spring I thought he was he was having a pretty good offseason so we'll see what fall camp brings. So, you know, assuming that that Cone comes into to fall camp as the starter and, you know, he plays well throughout, you know, what would it take from Graham Mertz to, you know, upend him or or pass him on the depth chart? You know, would he be, you know, I would imagine that he needs to be head and shoulders above Cone uh, for that move to be made at least as early as fall camp or, you know, the season over against South Florida. That's probably accurate. You know, he probably does have to come in and and kind of wow to an extent. Uh, to, to be able to overtake Cone, I think. Um, I think the main thing for him, though, is just proving to the coaching staff that that he's got um, everything down from the mental side of the game. I mean, he's got he's got talent, and obviously he doesn't quite have the consistency yet that he'll probably have in a couple of years. Uh, but but I do think that if he can go out and from from the you know from the Jump Street first day of fall camp and and really you know 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 all the signals and, and know every play, you know, there's a lot of times during spring practice. Uh, I mean, this is you know not an indictment on Mertz at all. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's common for an early enrollee, but, you know, he had guys, you know, during scrimmages, had guys helping him uh, with, with getting the play calls in uh, and, and kind of knowing the signals and things like that. So I think that um, if he can get those things down and, and, and show the coaching staff, hey, if, if you put me out there, um, you know, I'm not going to make mental mistakes and I'm not going to um, forget a play or, or, or have to have, you know, uh, have to have my hand held on any of this stuff. Like I I've got this down and uh, I, I'm ready to, 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 just start if you need me to. I think that's probably the main thing. I think the coaching staff needs to see that from him first. And then after that, it's okay. Is he, is he being consistent enough day in and day out in practice? Is he outperforming cone um, consistently out there uh, on the field with his arm? And I think, I, I think he's got the ability to do that. Uh, but you know, again, we still have to see it um, over, over a prolonged period of time during fall camp. So, I, again, I, he is going to have to kind of wow uh, both, both physically and mentally. But I, I think it's I think it's possible. So I, I think Cone is definitely the front runner. But um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if if Mertz takes takes the steps he needed from from the spring to the fall. 
Yeah, and I think too, with one thing people need to realize too with with Mertz is that during spring ball, they have the ability to digest that info. You know, they have a practice on Tuesday, they had a practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, they were able to go through their film. And, you know, then on top of that, they would have the ability to, you know, make corrections and then they go to the next install, you know, on, was it thir- on Thursday. So there was some time that they could digest. Now with fall camp, it's going to be a lot faster, a lot more practices, and they're going to have to get ready for that. You know, the, I think that the playbook and the amount of, knowledge will have to be digested faster so it's gonna be interesting to see how a true freshman uh can do that uh that being said chase wolf did not enroll early back last season for 2018 uh, i know this is his first spring ball like mertz uh, to me jason and you mentioned wolf's name uh you know uh, earlier i like i like the skill set i think there's i i call him in my, arguably he's the most dynamic quarterback in my opinion that they have in terms of the dual threat nature he has that mobility you saw how he could create plays with his feet uh, in the open field at times he flashed there he has a i think he's got arguably the strongest arm out of that quarterback room but you know john budmeyer mentioned that he's got he can make every throw which is just a matter of when to make that throw and even wolf when he talked to reporters uh, in mid-april mentioned too he had said that uh that you know he needs to get his decision making back up to par so I guess the question is really just when it comes to, I mean, what, what did you see out of Wolf? Did you see the same things that I saw uh, in that, as that matter of fact, or, you know, what does he have to do? Uh, is it something similar to what Mertz has to do to impress, to, to get over what, you know, Cone and his experience and, and what he did during spring ball too? Yeah. You know, he does have a lot of the physical tools. I think right? uh, he, he is the most mobile guy in the group. And I think you could definitely make the argument. He's got the strongest arm. Uh, you know, like you said, it, it, it comes down to consistency and, 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 you know, knowing when to make the throw, what throw to make and when to make it. Um, you know, I think that um, again, he, he definitely had his moments during fall, uh, during spring ball. Uh, we had a couple practices out there where he looked really good and was making a lot of great throws. Uh, I think it's just a matter of consistency with him. Like it is for a lot of the guys in, the, in this quarterback room, but um, I think he's still got a little ways to go in that regard. Uh, but I, I think he's got the physical tools that make you um, kind of feel pretty good about him long-term, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years down the line when he's got a little bit more experience. Um, maybe he can be somebody that can, uh, that, that, that can make a bigger challenge. But again, maybe he's, maybe he's the coaching staff thinks he's further along than, than, than we, than we believe. And he's going to stay in the mix at the start of fall camp. So that's, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. And then the last thing with the quarterbacks, I know that there's four really good eggs there. Uh, but who is your who is your uh, prediction to start the season opening against South Florida? I'm, I think I'm going to go with Cone. Uh, you know, I, I I really like Mertz and what he's able to do, and I think he's he's got a really bright future at Wisconsin. Uh, but I I think Cone right now is as a you know with the experience he has, and I, I think with the spring he had as well, I think he he obviously was taking most of the first team reps and and kind of has the advantage in that regard, and I think he's going to be able to hold off. Uh, the challengers during the fall. Now, if, you know, I think if he doesn't um, play that well the first few games, then, then then maybe there could be a change. Or at that point, because it is a group, and there are other there are other guys who might be capable of of leading this offense. But but I, right now, I'm gonna gonna have to stick with Cone. Jason, man, uh, we'd love to have you come back for another segment talking safeties in just uh, just a few minutes. You'd be able to st- stay on the line for us. Yes, I can. Awesome, guys. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back. 2020 walk-on commit Sean Timmis joins us, talks about his decision to commit to Wisconsin just a week or so ago. 
Stay tuned. We'll be back in about uh, about 30 to 60 seconds here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. And we're back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. Got John McNamara on the line. I'm Jake Kokorowski. We'll get back to Jason Galloway in just a couple minutes talking about the safeties, but not, but you know, first what we'll do, uh, we are happy to have on the show, just verbally committed to Wisconsin just a little bit ago. Not one of the first publicly known walk-ons for the 2020 class from the Milwaukee area. We got offensive lineman, Sean Timmis on the phone. Sean, how you doing on this uh, Tuesday afternoon? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. And then, for sure. And then for, you know, first things first, you know, you talked to John right after you committed. I remember I was at a splash park with my kids once, once uh, the announcement came out. Uh, my opinion, I haven't had a chance to talk to you yet. What makes a player with 24 offers from division one schools decide to stay home and, and walk on to Wisconsin? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it was a big decision. Um, in my mind, I had some great opportunities out there. Um, and for me, um, you know, I've always liked Wisconsin. I always love Wisconsin football. Um, I had really great relationships with the coaches. Um, they came to Marquette more than any other school. And, you know, I mean, of course, they're the closest, but, you know, it still means a lot whenever, you know, you see Coach Heron or Coach Rudolph or even Coach Chris come through. Um, and, you know, I just thought every time I went there, I kind of felt like home. Um, I was always hoping for the scholarship. Um but, you know, when they gave me the preferred walk-on, it sounded like, you know, I'm going to get everything a scholarship guy gets. I'm just going to have to pay for tuition, pay for uh, room. Um, and for me, that was enough. Um, yeah, I was just really happy with that, and my parents were really happy with that. So I sat on it for two or three days, and um, I just felt it was right. And then, you know, we got a chance to see it at Wisconsin's camp. Um, I know that you got some feedback from the coaching staff after that, and that's when the offer came about. Um, you know, you, you kind of hit on this a little bit, but when did you know that, you know, Wisconsin was going to be the right place for you? Um, you know, after they gave me the preferred walk-on, I kind of just sat down and thought about the places I've been, out east, places I've been in the Midwest, um, and really the places, not only that I liked the most, but the places I saw myself at, saw myself fitting in, not only with the football team, but just, you know, with the uh, with the students there itself. You know, Wisconsin was the only place I went where I actually talked to the other players uh, one-on-one. You know, I had some time to talk with uh, Biotic and uh, Cole Van Landen. I thought they were really cool guys. Um, and guys I saw, you know, a lot of similarities in and, you know, guys I would love to play with. Um, so just from that standpoint, I just think I'd fit in really well. Yeah, I, I know Tanner. Um, from a uh, junior day visit in Iowa. I haven't met any other guys personally, but uh, oh, except for uh, Dylan Barrett from a uh, junior day. But, um, you know, I think they're also really good guys, and I think they're guys that I'll fit in with. You know, I, looking at your scholarship list, uh, how intriguing were those Ivy League schools to you? Because I know that, you know, obviously you're a high academic kid. Um, that's kind of where I thought you may be leaning uh, after camp, uh, you know, just kind of talk about the opportunity there and maybe, you know, kind of pair that in with, with how good of a student you are at Marquette. Well, I thought those were all really great opportunities. Um, I kind of weeded it out, uh, um, broke down all the Ivy League schools to 
focus on Yale, Harvard, um, Penn, Dartmouth, and um, Columbia. And then from there, kind of broke it down even more. And, you know, after after the fact, I found out that, um, you know, the academic support at Wisconsin would be um, a lot better than most of those schools. And, you know, while, you know, I'm happy I'm a good enough student to get those um, offers, those are extremely tough schools to be at. Um, and also I just really saw a, a great opportunity to succeed as a student and as a player at Wisconsin. And, and Sean too, man, I mean, um, the walk-on tradition, obviously we all know about it in terms of just, uh, how long it's been since, you know, and just seeing the, the impact of walk-ons, uh, gosh, I, I wrote a book about it a few years back. So, yeah. you know, you heard about the, you know, the tradition, uh, and I've, I've heard it firsthand, but you know, in, in your opinion, who is your favorite Wisconsin walk-on from, from being an in-state kid? Who is your favorite Wisconsin walk-on that you've had a, you know, that you've followed uh, so far? Um, probably Daria Gumbawale, just because he came from Marquette and he'll drop in every now and then, you know, he's just kind of an inspirational guy. And I mean, he's one of those guys where he didn't even plan on playing football until like June of his senior year. And then he got the opportunity to try out and, you know, he's just one of those guys where like, when you look at him, like you can just see like where hard work can take you. I mean, he's playing in the NFL right now. So um, he's definitely a guy I really liked. Um, I'm trying to think of some linemen. I'm sorry. Oh, um, it's all good. I know the guy from UW St. Paul who transferred over. I don't remember his name. Um, but I don't know. I've always, I, I forget his name. Sorry. It's slipping my mind, but yeah, I mean, um, it's just like one of those things where like as a walk on, I guess, I mean, you're going to get treated the same as a scholarship guy. And I think if you put in the work, I mean, um, anyone can earn their opportunity. And then you got a chance to camp at Wisconsin. Um, just kind of talk about that experience. You know, you, I was there and you got to work pretty closely, uh, not necessarily one-on-one with Joe Rudolph, but you know, you got a lot of feedback from him and got to talk to him quite a bit. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, I've I've been there uh, twice already to see him coach, so to actually be coached by him, um, that also played a big factor in my decision process because, you know, you want to go somewhere where you're really going to gel with the position coach, and I felt really comfortable playing for him, and I felt uh, really good about the way he gave feedback. Um, You know, I mean, always um, trying to help, always trying to make you better. and it was just nice to finally um, actually put some pads on and play, you know, alongside him and see what he is, uh, see what he's really like as a coach. Coming up, you know, it's, uh, you know, you've you had a long snapper yesterday publicly announced, uh, Sean, with, uh, you know, Eau Claire's Duncan McKinley. So uh, I guess, you know, it, you know, in your opinion, whether walk on scholarship, whatever, we're gonna put you on the spot here on the badgerblitz.com podcast. We did we did this with Jack Nelson back uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Who do you think the next commit in this class of 2020 will be? Jeez, um, it's a really good question. Just because um, you know, I've seen a lot. Like I was, I a couple of weeks ago, I would have said. Um, the big guy Nash, Hubmatcher. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, Lofi from Colorado, Max Lofi. I think I think Badgers have a good shot with him because I heard both his parents went to Wisconsin. Um, 
Yeah, I'd say that's probably my pick for who would commit next. I think that's a pretty safe pick. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I looked up, I actually saw a story about him yesterday. I don't know if you wrote it, John, but uh, yeah, I looked up his other offers. It seems like he's got some good opportunities, kind of from a lot of different conferences. But um, I, if, if I was going to guess, I, I'd say he's going to end up at Wisconsin. Fair enough. And then last thing before we get you out of here, um, you know, I know that you're preparing for your senior year. It, it's going to be a heavyweight battle, you know, right away in week one. And I'm not asking you to put any bold board material out there, but um, just kind of talk about week one matchup with Muskego. Um, you know, two teams that a lot of people expect to be in that conversation uh, to wind up at Camp Randall, uh, you know, later down in the fall. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's going to be a great fight. It's going to be a great matchup. I mean, they've got some great players. Um, we've also got some great players. They're working hard all summer. We've been working hard all summer. So, um, you know, I think they've got a great offensive line. I heard they're returning four of their five. And while I think I'm the only returning starter, technically uh, the left guard on my team was going to start last year and he got injured. But then we've also got my little brother will be playing right tackle. And then uh, right next to him will be Langston Robinson who, of course, mm-hmm. you know, had a great camp performance. And, you know, well, him and my brother, I could see likely being Division One players one day. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be great. We've got some great linebackers. Um, yeah, I think the – I think it's going to be a great game. You know, I can't give you a prediction right now. Of what's no, you happen. shouldn't. Don't give um, us a prediction. No, I won't. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just want to have no idea. I mean, I'll, I'll just say, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to play our hardest because – you know, us uh, seniors, we've been talking about winning the state championship ever since we were freshmen. And this is kind of – that's kind of – we're going to be on TV. Um, it's the first game of the year. Everyone from our school will be there. So, it's yeah, it'll be a dogfight. But I think, um, yeah, no matter what happens, it'll be a great game. Yeah, when I was looking at the schedule, that's when I definitely highlighted in red. Uh, I'll, I'll probably make it a point to get out there for that one. Uh, but Sean, thank you again for, for taking a couple minutes to help us out today. Uh, we, we really appreciate you taking your time to come on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was, it was nice to talk to you guys. Thank you guys at Sean Timmis, 2020 walk on offensive lineman for the Wisconsin Badgers. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk more Wisconsin football previews before fall camp with Jason Galloway. We're going to talk safeties. Give us about 30 to 60 seconds. We'll be back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody. BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jacob Kurowski. We've got John McNamara here and Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal. Wisconsin Badgers football beat writer joins us once again. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Jason underscore Galloway. And looking ahead, we're going to do one offense, one defense here, talking safeties. Uh, You know, last, you know, gone's Dakota Dixon, Evan Bondock. Uh, we kind of had that with the spring. We kind of laid those out. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, and I know I remember you and I talking after uh, recording the uh, podcast with Zach Heilprin for the camp. Uh, you said you were a little surprised about my pick saying the strength of the defense is the safeties. So we're going to talk about the safeties. Uh, but, you know, I guess this position group, you know, we saw what some of them can do. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily as deep a group compared to like the cornerbacks in that defensive backfield, but now that 
we've seen what some of the safeties can do during spring ball, especially the two deep uh, with the four safeties, uh, Scott Nelson, Eric Burrell, Colin Wilder, Reggie Pearson. How much will Wisconsin miss Dakota Dixon, in your opinion? I, I think they're going to miss him a lot. I think he, he obviously, you know, he was not always available. Uh, you know, he definitely dealt with some injury issues uh, during his time here, and that, you know, he missed a few games last season. And that was probably a good thing for uh, for Eric Burrell to kind of get in there and get some more playing time. But I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to miss him. You know, not, not only what he was able to do on the field, you know, I, th- I thought he was really, he was a really good run support guy. And uh, really, I, really a, a three-year starter gave them a lot of experience in in, uh, in the secondary last year when there wasn't a whole lot otherwise. Um, but you know, I, I think off the field too, they're going to really miss him. He was, you know, the um, arguably the the biggest leader on this team, um, a guy that really um, really did a lot for this team from a leadership standpoint. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a big loss. But you know, like you said, they have some they still have some talent there, and I think you got to feel okay about the position at this point. Yeah, and I I think it's a good group, but those four guys have to stay healthy. Um, you know, what do you think this group needs to to maybe show? You know, particularly Burrell and Nelson to keep those starting jobs. You know, because I think Wilder and Pearson. You know, I don't want to say that they're kind of nipping at their heels, but I I think both of them put together a pretty solid spring camp. Yeah, you know, I think they did, and I I think you you know you you sent me the a couple questions you guys are going to ask me and suggestions on. On this one, we're, we're helping to not miss tackles. And I, I completely agree. I mean, it is, this group has had so many injury issues um, last year with 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 Dixon missing games, Nelson missing games. Um, you know, Reggie Pearson came and started one game and then got hurt. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge thing. And, and Colin Wilder is a guy that um, you know a couple of years ago tore his ACL for for Houston and is kind of getting back to himself um, to his old self uh, at this point now. And I, I think I think. I think being more sure tackles is probably a big thing for those, especially for those top two or who we think is the top two right now with, with Nelson and Burrell. Um, I think those guys, uh, especially Nelson, you saw a lot of times last year where you know, he did a lot of good things in coverage for them, but um, he had a couple, uh, a couple bad games on the tackling front where, um, where he, you know, he, he came up to, to, to kind of give run support and just wasn't able to, um, you know, wasn't able to, to, to make tackles he probably should have made. I think the, the Minnesota game really, really jumps out when he had a couple, a couple bad, bad plays in that regard. So, and I remember, uh, I think, I think Burrell had a, a pretty bad missed tackle that almost led to a touchdown. I can't even remember what game it is off the top of my head, but, but those guys, if, if they can improve their tackling, um, I, I think Nelson's a, a, is going to be a really good cover guy for the next few years here for Wisconsin. Um, so I, I think it's going to be um, interesting to see if those guys can, because um, that's, that's the one thing too, you know, I mean, I don't think we should, you know, assume that Burrell and, and Nelson are necessarily the starters. I mean, it definitely seems like they're going to be right now. But if if we get into fall camp and um, and that's kind of an issue for um, uh, for one of those guys, maybe maybe somebody like Reggie Pearson, who impressed in very limited time last year, can kind of take advantage of that and and, and try to uh, you know try to upset the uh, sort of the, the starting lineup. Yeah, and you know you talk about you know Kyle Wilder, Reggie Pearson on that level. I mean. With kind of leads into my next question. You know, I liked what I saw out of both during spring ball. I know I talked to Colin uh, a little right at right. I was right, just a few minutes after that last practice, and he, you know, he mentioned that he made didn't make some plays that he was mad with himself during that practice. But I thought he established himself well uh, after you know sitting out due to the transfer rules, uh, you know, and, and being a, a former walk on. But then you know, you know, Pearson, you know, I guess out of the two. 
and in Pearson, I thought just showed a lot. He during spring ball, he could make some interceptions. He could uh, make some pass, uh, you know, pass breakups. And then also he could lay some lumber, a little bit of hit. You know, he's got that, that mean streak, a little bit of hitting streak uh, to break up those passes or just to, to make tackles out of the two. I mean, who is it Pearson that you feel that could make, that could usurp the potential starting duo Burrell or Nelson, or, or how do you feel even wilder uh, could figure into the mix, even if maybe potential playing time for maybe sub packages? Yeah, you know, I think that I, I'd probably say Pearson is, is a little bit more likely uh, to, to kind of upset someone for a starting spot. Uh, not that I don't really like Wilder uh, as well, but I, I think maybe Scott Nelson is, is a little bit more secure in his starting spot than Burrell, and he plays more of that free safety role a little more. Nelson does, and, and, and Pearson and Burrell are uh, maybe maybe fit a little bit more into the strong safety role. So I think that if Pearson can really impress this fall, and really take a jump up. And, you know, we have still haven't seen a ton from him, but if, if he can really show out this fall, maybe he can challenge Burrell uh, for, for, for that starting spot. And um, I, I need to see more of Wilder, too. Obviously, we just haven't seen a whole lot of practice time with him. Um, you know, this this past spring practice was really the first time we we, we really got a look at him. So it's going to be interesting to see during fall camp when they're out there every day. Uh, and and I, as as far as I know, you know, most of the practices the first couple of weeks probably like they usually are going to be open to the media to be able to get a better look at him is going to be really interesting because um, he's a guy that you know was was you know I don't even know if he really played you know all that much for Houston during his first couple of years. Um, so to, to get a better look at him would be will be interesting. But for right now, I think I'd probably probably go with Pearson as a little more likely to to break in that starting lineup. And because of the lack of depth there, you know, the four guys we've talked about are, uh, you know, obviously going to be the guys that you're focused on this fall. But do you think a guy like Titus Toller, um, you know, pretty heavily recruited guy, a guy that, you know, when we talked to Jake, um, if wants to play as a true freshman, do you think he can make an impact early on this team? Uh, maybe, you know, in the secondary, but I think for sure is a guy that might be in the mix on special teams as well. I think it's certainly possible. Uh, like like you mentioned, we, we talked about four guys here at the safety group, and there's not really anybody else on on the roster at that position that uh, you know you you really have seen a whole lot of or have really any experience. I mean, Travion Blaylock kind of moved between corner and safety last year, but did, never really ended up getting any playing time defensively. Uh, and there's just not really a whole lot else there. So if, if they do suffer an injury or two at this spot, that, that definitely opens the door for someone like Toller to. Uh, to come in and contribute. And, you know, I, I think that you, with this new, you know, retro role where you can play up to four games, uh, I think that gives a lot of, a lot of guys opportunity to, 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 to try a, you know, a few games out on special teams, see what kind of impact they make, uh, get their feet wet a little bit and, and then see if you want to retro them or not. And, and maybe Toller's a guy that they do that with. They, um, you know, give him a little bit of a special teams role at some point in the season and, and see how he responds to it. So, um, I mean, you know, again, still haven't, you know, haven't seen any of Toler, Toler yet, obviously he's just getting on campus, but, um, you guys might know more about him than I do, but, uh, but I think from, from just an opportunity standpoint, you know, he definitely could, could see himself with at least a chance of, of getting on the field as a freshman. Jason, man, it's great having you on, uh, this, uh on the badgerblitz.com podcast. I know I've had you on other podcasts before, man. Uh, looking forward to talking with you down the line. Um, I'll see you next Friday for sure. Right. Oh, definitely. You're going to, you're going to be down there in, uh, in Chicago. Oh yeah. we got the dynamic duo here, John and I will, I'm sure we'll figure out some sort of carpooling around here. Uh, so we'll be making our, our way down. If, if John doesn't like 
kick me out of my own car uh, if I if I play some uh, crazy '90s music. But uh, you know, we'll we'll be down there and uh, looking forward to seeing you there. And then also coming up for obviously fall camp just a few weeks away. Great, I'll see you guys down there. Thanks a lot, Jason. Really appreciate it. No problem, guys. It's Jason Galloway, Wisconsin State Journal. Wisconsin Badgers football beat writer. Again, follow him on Twitter at Jason underscore Galloway. They got tons of stuff coming up too uh, for, you know, on Madison.com, Wisconsin State Journal. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap up the show here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. And that will wrap up another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Again, big thanks to Jason Galloway for joining the show, as well as 2020 walk-on commit Sean Timmis joining the show today. And so, folks, real quick, where you guys can find us on Twitter. For John, at McNamara Rivals. For me, at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. And, of course, you can also find Jason Galloway, one of our guests, at Jason underscore Galloway. And then for Sean Timmis, it's at Sean, S-E-A-N, Timmis, T-I-M-M-I-S, 2020 on Twitter as well. So on top of that, Badger Blitz, our own Twitter page, at Badger underscore Blitz, Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on BadgerBlitz.com. And of course, we do have our Instagram page too. For this podcast, folks, hey, thank you so much. By the way, our listens this week uh, for our last episode concerning you know Jalen Johnson going to Duke, the in-state recruiting, we're nearing 1,000 listens already. We really appreciate you guys taking time to listen to what we had to say. We're going to get to another mailbag edition of the show later this week, so make sure you guys, if you guys go to badgerblitz.com or our subscriber, make sure you go to our threads, uh, our message board there, the Badgers Den, and submit your questions there. So, uh, for John McNamara... I am Jay Kokorowski. We're going to talk more position previews coming up later this week, likely. Also, we'll talk, obviously, our mailbag section. We're going to talk, like I mentioned earlier, we will dissect, analyze, answer your questions coming up uh, that you have, that you've given to us. We'll have that coming up in a mailbag section of the podcast later this week, too, as we gear up for Big Ten Media Days next Friday. John and I will be there. We'll have a bunch of info, a bunch of probably video, audio, analysis, maybe a podcast in the car. We'll figure that out on our way back from Chicago. So guys have a great start to the week. We'll catch you guys again coming up soon on another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.